It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 19, The Hand of Fear. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a joke, again? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows with the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's divinity. It's like a person. The resulting reaction is fighting. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, the classic Doctor Who review podcast. I am your host, Eric. And I'm your host, Dan. And we are here together to... Uh, to bring you reviews of classic Doctor Who shows, because who else is going to do that for you? Your life is empty. And we're filling it up. Uh, this time, we're filling you up with uh, our hands of fear. Oh, so, yeah. that sounds sexy. <laughs> yeah, Kind sex- of inappropriate, but also I'm a little curious. Yep, um, see? Yeah, That's like how this works. A lot of feelings that I'm going through. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you doing? I'm okay. It seems like every time we come back from one of these episodes, there's like some kind of big thing. I mean, last time it was the release of Star Wars. Yeah. And that was uh, very huge. And then this uh, time it's David Bowie's gone. And I'm uh, pretty upset about it, Dan. I've pretty much had the song Starman in my head for a week. We talked, uh, I think, off air about mm-hmm. it. But have you heard the Black Star album? I haven't only only bits and pieces of it. Yeah, that's why I hear it's fantastic. Bowie was um, someone that I knew of and respected, but was never someone I actually followed. I did see him in concert. He did a double bill with Nine Inch Nails. Nine, yeah. in the mid '90s, so that was kind of awesome. Um, but uh, no, other than that, I he, he was like know, one of those just the hits. He, yeah, he was just one of those humans. Uh, I supposedly human, right? That just De- made debatable. the planet better. Just yeah. knowing he was on, like it was. I, I think it was a, a especially effective because that album had come out and I was just listening to it like nonstop. And I didn't obviously have any idea that he was sick. And I don't think, you know, very few people did. You know, yeah. he kept that very hidden. So it was like all of a sudden, two days later, he just died. was very. But I guess if you're going to go out, like that's. He's got a brand new album. Nobody knows he's sick. And then he. Die, like it, it, it's an incredible it's an incredible journey or not story. yeah yeah and i did read i've been reading a lot about sort of the making of that album and i know this is not doctor who related but in a way i think if you're going to find a human that should have been in the doctor who universe in some form it would have been david bowie yeah um, was it like the last year and a half of his life when he was diagnosed with cancer was just this fury of creativity like in addition to the album that he put out he was also uh did a play which hmm. uh, the song Lazarus was actually from the play. So he was just sort of rushing against death to get this thing out there, which is so impressive. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I started this podcast off on a downer, but I, I have to say something because he was, you know, from from being a kid throughout, you know, my whole life, he was always there. I mean, he's, I mean you can't go wrong with those albums. Like you, because we're both similar in age. Like you mm-hmm. remember... China Girl and uh, yeah. Let's Dance as like as being a very little kid and seeing that and then discovering like Hunky Dory and and uh, you know Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane and all that whole run and all his Berlin albums are so good. 
for me, like Labyrinth was probably my biggest. Like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And no, I, and no, I, I'm not laughing because pe- I'm laughing at you. People say it's like you know, this, I have this, that on Blu-ray. People yeah. enjoy it in a kind of ironic way, and I love it in a completely unironic way. I mean, it's a Jim Henson movie, so yeah. that part of it with the practical effects and the puppetry is fantastic. Bowie gives an incredible performance. Yeah, as this. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I was speaking of. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's um, like he like that's the other thing like the roles that he picked like you know Jareth in Labyrinth, but he was also in Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me. Yeah, he was yeah. Pontius Pilate in the Martin Scorsese movie Last Temptation of Christ. Like, hung, did you ever see The Hunger, which was like a vampire movie yeah. from the eighties? Eighties, yeah, yeah, mid eighties, yeah. He made great choices. Mm-hmm. Like that was you know other thing. Like the the guy was really just a, to be able to decide person. what to do and how you're going to actually bring something to a yeah, role right. or a piece or whatever it happens to be collaborations i mean the the stuff that he's done with other artists uh in music and otherwise i mean yeah he was incredible good stuff so you yeah. would be missed uh you are missed so yeah so i've been listening to a lot of david bowie a lot i, mean, I had you, uh, before but now i'm also discovering because i sort of checked out a little bit after um the scary monsters album like you know it was just stuff i didn't like even like in the 90s i just didn't really listen to that stuff and now mm-hmm. i'm sort of discovering a lot of that stuff is just really really good um like he had gotten back together with brian eno you know what i'm talking about outside I, no i don't okay it was like a weird cut like another sort of concept where he does like these characters it's really really cool you may recognize the heart the heart's filthy lesson i'm sure if you heard that song you'd probably recognize it 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 sounds sort of in where he was going with uh, I'm Afraid of Americans. Anyway, uh, should we get to Hand of Fear? Hey, Do you have, have anything else? No, I have a question for you. Yeah, um, throw it at me. Last podcast, um, I had given you uh, the, the oh, yes. full season of uh, Doctor Who Season 9. How yes. far are we into it? I am – where did I leave off? I, I went through the Viking storyline, which I liked a great deal. So you saw the girl who died and the woman who I lived? I saw the girl who died and I saw the woman who lived. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. My only sort of, re- you know, it's kind of very nitpicky. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wish that the second part of that happened a few episodes later. Like I, you know, and maybe she comes back again, but it was, it was like, okay, now here she is again. And now she's at a different point in her career or in her life and everything. I, I wish that was sort of spaced out a bit. That would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Otherwise, yeah. I, I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the next episode. I mean, I the love. What I'm I, on is the Zygon, so I think that's what okay. follows. That that's a two-parter as well. Yeah. Yes. Invasion of the Zygons and version of the Zygons. I think. Yeah. And there, there is like a lot of really cool uh, throwbacks too to old Who that I've picked up on, and I think it's in the, I think it's in the Girl Who Died, uh-huh. where he says, um, uh, "Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow." Yep. Which is actually in our opening. That's a clip that I have in the opening of the old Doctor Who show from Pertwee. Yeah. But it was just like, you know, kind of cool that they Which funny that is, line up and he says like it's meaningless or he says I don't he know. He completely it undercuts it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like that that sounds yes. impressive if it meant something or yeah, yeah. Right. So that's a lot of fun. Um uh, but I like I like uh I like everything so far a lot this season. Yeah. So how do you again, how do you feel it compares? Through? Yeah, you're about halfway through. Yeah. How how do you feel it compares to season eight, which I contentiously did yeah. not enjoy so much. It's it, maybe it's telling, but I can't recall too mi- and too much of season eight. Although I yeah. liked it. I mean, that's the one with the robot of 
uh, Sherwood Forest in it. Is that uh, season eight or is that season seven? That's season eight. Okay. That's the, yeah, that's I know for, you for didn't like that episode uh, at that's, all. That's, that's probably my I least am. favorite episode he's ever done. Uh, Capaldi has done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely like it a lot. I like uh, yeah. I like everything. I'm trying to think but of I mean, specifically, specific details. I'm, I'm thinking specifically because for me, it wasn't so much the stories weren't so good because there were some really good stories in the eighth season. But uh, it was Capaldi himself as the Doctor, the choices he was making and how he characterized the Doctor. I didn't like as much as I do now. So do you, do you feel do you see a tonal shift or in in the way that he's portraying the character at all or do you feel it's a yeah, it's a I or is it continue a natural evolution of how the character should I always liked him but he does seem less gruff I mean well he's I don't know the way the way that they handle him seems he he seems to be not as rough around the edges but it's still the same person like he's still doing it the same way and I think the yeah. way that they treat treat the surrounding characters softens him as opposed to ne- not you know necessarily softening him and his lines i have don't know you seen i, I didn't have season... as much of an issue that you did yeah, previously yeah. have you seen in this season uh his use of like flash card, not flashcards the but note cards the note cards yeah from the early ones but i don't know if they've come up again since yeah. i've been watching i'm sure they'll probably make another appearance yeah, i have already have... theories too about what's going to happen to somebody mm. in this show mm. because it seems very a little heavy uh as, as far as uh worrying about losing someone and and being responsible for someone but i, I don't want to say anything because i know you've seen it and i mean uh, but yes but you also can't avoid knowing like you can't avoid knowing the news you, you know what right. what's and actually I, and happening I have, in the real world i so. have steered clear of of obviously spoilers and all that kind yeah. of stuff, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I hope by next time that I will be done. Yeah, um, I did. I was watching them, and then I realized, oh, I have not watched Hand of Fear, so I had to, <laughs> I had to watch Hand of Fear. Yeah. I had to stop and 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 get Hand of Fear, and I've also been watching Transparent. Have you seen Transparent? I just got back into. I saw the pilot when it first originally aired. They did that so whole good. that whole bunch of pilots at once thing, and yes. so yeah, I'm part of the way first through the first season. First I, season is really good. good, and I like it. But the second season takes it to this other level, and it's some of the best television I've ever seen in my life. Like it's. Well, I'm curious. You 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 were yeah, I like it. about season one. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm only maybe four episodes into the first season, I, and I like it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's season two. Uh, just those things that they do with the structure and the narrative, mm. and uh, it's like surreal at times, and 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 it's really like I want to just go and find everything that she's done, and uh, and look at that. The only thing I remember, uh, I can't remember the woman's name that makes the show. But yeah, I know, I know she's a writer on Six Feet Under, right? At that, yep. where I think that's right. Yeah, so good, so good. I would recommend that to to anyone listening. Yeah. All right, you ready? We're uh, we're eleven yeah. minutes in. I feel like let's uh, go do. Uh, let's talk about some hands of fear. Let's get it. Let's get our At least hands one of, them. of fear inside of us. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, oh, hey! All right. All right. So hit the button. Hit the button. Whoop. Can you hear me? I am the director of this establishment. Her name's Smith. Miss Smith. Miss Smith. Listen very carefully. Your life is in great danger, and so are the lives of many other innocent people. Could I now, what is it you want? Could I speak to her? Can you hear me? What is it you want? Uh, could I speak to her for a moment? I doubt very much whether she'd listen. The level's rising, sir. There's no way we can stop it. 
That means she's had it. All right, I want a full-scale evacuation. Every person within a radius of 12 miles. Sarah, listen to me. Can you hear me, Sarah? a full-scale emergency. Sarah, can you hear me? Look, we have a full emergency down here. It's no use. Sarah, listen to me. No, there's nothing more to say because Eldrat must live. What did she say? Eldrat must live. Eldrad must live. Who is Eldrad, Sarah? Some assassin. Shh, shh, shh. Sarah, who is Eldrad? What does he want? Eldrad must live. Eldrad, the creator, the savior. Sarah, what does he want? Eldrad must live. Eldrad must live. All right, so we are going to be discussing The Hand of Fear. This is a four-part episode. Um, this is in the fourth season, so we got Sarah and the fourth Doctor going on here. This was uh, broadcast in uh, the fall of 76, and uh, let's see. It was written by – co-written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin, directed by Lenny Main, and produced by old Philly Heathcliff. Um. Not to jump too far into this, I think, you know, this this is a, a seminal episode. This is a very important episode. I had only seen, I actually saw the the final scenes the of end. this because, right. I, um, as everyone is who's watched this already knows, this is the last appearance, uh, regular appearance of Sarah Jane. Um, she doesn't make a return until the tenth Doctor in the uh, the new series. I think is she in it prior to that though? I thought I read that there's like the five Doctors or something she might be in. Oh, maybe she did. I I didn't read that, and that's okay. not one that I've seen yet. Um, yeah, it, so it's we possible. Yeah, got yeah. there. I, I I'm pretty sure that she is in one of the the anniversary specials before. Okay. The yeah, of the show. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. So, so this is this is her final appearance. That whole, even though that's super important in terms of the overall uh, uh, run of the show. Uh, the leaving of a companion is always kind of a big deal. It's really contained to the last ten to fifteen ten minutes, really. Yeah, less than that of the of the episode of the whole, of the serial. Um, I was just doing a little reading on uh, the TARDIS Wikia, which, if you guys aren't familiar with it, is fantastic. Shout out to these guys. Donate to them because they do a really really good job. But apparently, the the final scenes with Sarah, she was originally going to be killed off. Um, in an initial version of the story, um, they decided not to do that. Uh, she really – Elizabeth Slayton didn't want that, and I think a lot of the people didn't want that to happen. So the entire episode was written and rewritten a couple times. It changed its form. they wrote it, and they end up writing it, Tom they Baker. Ended and, up, they yeah. ended up rewriting the ending, the two of them. So Elizabeth. Tom Baker and Elizabeth Slayton rewrote the, their final scenes together. So um, as in- interesting as those final scenes are, the final scene is, is – I have my thoughts about it. Maybe we'll just wait till till yeah, the end to wait, get there. I, I have a lot to say about that. But it's, as well. it's knowing and that they they wrote it and had had so much impact on it makes me view it a little bit differently than I would have otherwise. But anyway, so uh, do we have a, a brief synopsis of the episode, and then we can jump in and kind of jump around. Do you have one of those? I, I don't, don't really. Let's say oh, uh, the, I the can hand wing of- it. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Sarah Jane and uh, the Doctor. They end up at a nuclear power plant. No. They end up uh, landing in a quarry that they're going to uh, blow up. Sarah Jane inadvertently finds herself under a bunch of rubble and touches the hand of a prisoner. 
Eldrad, uh, which then takes her form and starts sucking up. Whatever, it doesn't matter. You've watched the episode. You watched the episode. All right. Usually I write these down. I, I thought I could wing it. He clearly it. did not, not this time. Could not handle it. No. Uh, there's something about radiation. Um, yeah. Radiation China powers syndrome. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's good. I what would you think of the, the episode here? Oh, I think it's a great episode. Um, yeah. I think the first third is a great episode. I feel like the last yeah, part. Interesting. Kind of like once the what I'm going to say it wrong again. El, Eldridge? Eldridge. Eldrad. Eldrad. Eldrad like, as in his in her female form mm-hmm. is great, and I really enjoyed the character. And then he turns into his true form, which is just like this big dumb guy hulking dude yeah and then it just feels super rushed at the end and then they have to get to you know sarah sarah jane leaving and have enough time for that scene i just felt like it was really really good and then i i i'm not super psyched about the end of the of this actually yeah i i agree 100 percent. i i think the character was much more nuanced as the female character trying to uh get the doctor to help her and then, you know, learning to kind of cooperate with him. And so there, there was a lot of nuance going on until the point that she regenerates into this male form. And then it was just your standard villain because right. at the, at the time uh, through that, like third episode or so, whenever you see her for the first time is a little bit of back and forth. Is she good? Is she bad? What's she trying to actually do? I, at first I was like, Oh, she's actually not evil. She's just very single minded and, and, thinks that what she's doing is right. Yeah, and then they play that up very well. Really, too, really like, well. Yeah. Uh, with the, the performance and the writing and, and everything, I really felt that was the truth of what was happening until you go and it just ends up being a regular megalomaniacal villain who wants to take over the universe. Like your yeah, standard. And it's a very cool, like, to talk the cold open of the, or the just the opening, yeah. rather, of the, and I cold, yeah. it is cold. Yeah. They're, this situation, so you have these people that are on this, planet that's you know what's the it has no atmosphere right so it's just getting blasted with solar radiation and then yep. everything's dead and it's very cold and they have to maintain a beam or something on the prison ship that they're sending away to explode and they have to get it to a certain point where they will 100 percent know that this prisoner has has been killed has been obliterated has been obliterated yes <laughs> thank you for correcting me well, um, yes. and they realize they're, they're they're going to die before it gets to that point they they have to execute it earlier than than expected right but that is like trying to figure out like what is this episode about with those creatures with the the, the, the very heavy quilts they were quilts wearing quilts. on that they're yep. wearing in the snow is a very cool sort of opening yeah to to it because again you, you're like who are these people what do they have to do and you don't really learn that mystery until well into the story until the end really yeah. i mean you don't you right. don't see their recurrence until the final episode no. and then sarah jane is dressed like uh strawberry shortcake for some reason oh my gosh she looked I, like a toddler she was <laughs> dressed like a toddler they, they compared her to andy pandy yeah which, which i, had to I look looked up. up which is like some horrifying weird demon doll british kid show yeah look that up yeah, it, uh, it wears it's, vertical it's a, stripes and it's sim- yeah, sim- oh. similar outfit. Um, but yeah, she's she looks like she's she's like on her way to a bake sale or something. It's just like a very strange, uh, you know, when she's walking because she's yeah, off she to took, see the she finds the hand and she spends a lot a, one episode pretty much with it in Tupperware, yeah. like walking around in these overalls. She it's looks a like a to- strange a toddler episode. on his way to a Tupperware party, having taken yeah. a little too much acid. That's right. that's so fine. We have this creature that is. 
you know, uber powerful. It has the ability that if you touch it, it can take over your mind and control you like a puppet. So that right. happens to Sarah Jane. It happens yep. to, I think, well, two other members, right? There's like the the one guy that gets thrown off the the, the pathologist, yeah, catwalk, yeah. And then you have like one of the guys that's there. There's one of the guards he, as well. He grabs yep. the ring, yeah. Uh, which was also strange. So the creature it needs to feed off of radiation. It just so happens that they end up at a power plant. So What's weird. interesting is the the hand gets dislodged whenever they blow up the quarry, mm-hmm. uh, revealing that it had been buried in the earth for at least 150 million years. So yes. how the hand actually got there, was it just debris that la- debris rained from down? Space. Okay. Yeah, so I guess the, the thing Because the doctor wasn't space. quite sure, and he said, well, right. maybe it fell down on its own. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was the thing. So in the beginning, they shoot the spaceship and the debris, some of the debris, just the hand, I guess, managed to survive going through our atmosphere and, and was buried under rock. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so Sarah touches it, falls under its influence. Um, right. there's, a, there's a ring yeah, involved there's as well. A ring, has... You can ring blast fools in the face, which I liked the way that they put the ring on the underside of the hand so you could just yeah. get that weird hand glow thing. And I'd like to do that to chumps. Yep, just shut them down. Little yep. Iron Man sort of thing going on. Very out. cool. Uh huh. And it's also strange. Like we talked about how Sarah Jane gets mind controlled, right? Yep. And somehow the doctor is able to turn this mind control on and off with a well placed neck massage. Did you <laughs> sort of understand that? Like he gets her out of it somehow, and then later puts her back no, into it to ask her questions. She got out of it because. Well, how did she get out of it? She got out of it when the the got rid of the ring, so the, she was no longer really under its control. But then he hypnotized her because he he hypnotized her because he wanted more information about right. what had happened. And I it guess just, through doing that, it it kind of put her back in that state again. But it then seems he strange the way he, he got, could just sort of turn her on and off. But like, what was her reaction to that? She said, "You're going to hypnotize me again." Oh no, or yeah. you know something like she she has gone through this. I. I do you remember in a previous episode we watched he's he's done something similar before um but yeah he's eh, whatever there's, there's sometimes when the doctor has much more uh mind control abilities mm-hmm. it's like uh in in star trek sometimes spock yeah, can I, I have, I have do things in star trek right no but like in any you've never seen any star trek what is well, we've wrong been through this i have seen a of Wrath course of you Khan. have you've seen star yeah. trek um anyway yeah so Sarah's under its control. She's carrying a hand She's around a in a Tupperware. In hand. The hand, if it gets uh, in so cool. close to enough radiation, it can start regenerating itself because it's yes. like some crystalline, crystalline structure. So these aren't organic uh, beings; they're crystal silicon-based right. beings. Yes. Yep. And they okay. make a point of that as far as they're later on with their defense systems and stuff. Very so, cool, like that end reveal of the first episode. You get that mo- the hand in the box and it's moving yep. around and it's it's like Evil Dead too. It's it leading up to that, that though. There's the longest slow motion car chase slash stair climbing sequence that yes. goes on for a, about two minutes. Sarah's walking down a road with Tupperware. Cut to car swerving slowly around corners. Cut back to Sarah still walking. Is that like the green gremlin car? That, yeah, that they're driving. Yeah. They're driving it just in. it goes forever. I actually put it on, on fast forward and it was much better scene. Yeah. The tension really ratcheted up um but, but then once you we know get I, into oh go on i was just gonna say what i liked was this facility that they shot in um i thought that was a really the nuclear cool, facility yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean it, so it is a real place it's the the oldbury nuclear power station 
in uh, Gloucestershire. That's an English name. That I'm now, not it's a retired right. station? Or they were shooting in a live I, nuclear? It didn't look plant. retired to me. I don't know yeah. if it was retired at the time, but it it was really impressive. Yeah, I, I, I mean, love the, the boss there, like the the middle manager guy yeah, yeah. who, like, when there's a serious radiation leak and the alarms are going off, he's just mad that the alarms are going. Like, he's like, shut the Turn off that down. racket. Turn, I don't want to hear it anymore. It's like, we're all going to die of cancer. Uh, but, yeah, let's turn the alarms off. But I have tinnitus, and it's really exacerbating it. Right. And he, they also, like, have arms there, uh, weapons. Like, at one point, he's like, get a team of men and make sure they're armed. It's like, you have your own arms room in this uh, nuclear well, facility? I assumed it was just, just armed guards. It's, it's a nuclear facility. Why right. Why not? I don't, I don't know how they roll. I don't know how they run. I don't know, the, how, I don't know man. I don't know how that works. Hey, colors. Very cool music in this episode, too. I thought, you know, like, hang on. There's a section. So in that, that slow motion uh, uh, car chase stair climbing scene, yep. they actually play some music. <laughs> this is so weird. This is just me. <laughs> But it, it's the same music they use in the movie Clue. Candlestick. There's a section oh, of it. Oh, really? I, 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 I recorded Clue. a sample, I and I'll send that. Maybe yeah. we can drop that in here. But there, okay, there's a section where it just goes back and forth. There's this tense moment in Clue. And I've, I've only seen Clue maybe 500 times, <laughs> and I might be able to do every part with uh, without even seeing the movie. Well, that's our next podcast. Yep. Um, but anyway, they used that. It was it. It. I had to replay it over and over again to make sure. And I'm I'm 99 percent sure. So I have that. Yep. We'll drop that in here. Right. Anyway, sorry. You were saying the music. Yes, the music. Oh, pretty I good. really like the music. Yeah. Um. Just in general throughout. And I. And that's sort of been a. Uh, a comment that I've made. I think in all these episodes, I love the scores and stuff. It's very weird. I also yeah. have a note here that some chemistry between the glass and the shirt open lady. What does that mean, Dan? I don't, what, did I, what did I mean <laughs> by that? That's what happens when I'm ty- watching these things and I'm typing, open and then it's auto-correcting. So I don't know what I was meaning by that, but I think it is the <laughs> boss and the the woman with blonde hair. They seem to yes. have there's something definitely going oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sends her to leave uh, whenever the, the facility is going to melt down for the first time. Was her shirt he sends her like, oh, too open? Was that why I was writing? Yeah, I, I'm guessing that's the, the case. Yeah. Hey, man, it's the 70s. It's all cool. She's actually... Uh, Director Lenny Main's wife uh, oh. was cast in that role, and they apparently increased the size of the role for her. Oh. Um, hey, hello. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Secretary Boobs a lot uh, goes home. And then, then uh, the the manager of the facility then has this kind of weird human moment where he, he calls his family. Yes. To, Everything's fine. But I yeah. just wanted to say hello and let you know where <laughs> I am. Just let you know. Awkward at conversation. <laughs> like wh- whatever kids are on the other end of that line, if he doesn't make it out, will be scarred forever. <laughs> you said everything was fine. Like they're just complete disaster. And it was also sort of a confession, I think, because he saw uh, Sir Boobs a lot uh, and was like, "I gotta my wife. I gotta talk to my real wife. To her. Yeah, this whole thing is a my life is a sham. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so, there's a, again, there's a lot of, um, and we talk about this too, where the doctor does something dumb, and you're like, I, I get why that, like dropping the ring when he's getting when he's yeah, taking well, Sarah out of the thing. He's Sarah, just like, did he? He thought Sarah dropped it, but I think he had it in his hand. I think he had it. And I think he dropped yeah. it because they needed the guy to find it. Yeah. Um, but that would that would I would think that would be an important piece you'd want to uh, that seems, in your pocket. Yeah, seemed important. But he's um, too busy with his massage hands, you know, turning her on and off. That happens later, dude. Um, yeah. So in inside the uh, the main 
the the room outside the main nuclear reactor area, the core, it was this big red door with these huge sliding bolts on it, and the lock was some sort of Simon Says color-coded spin wheel. Yes. What, what was that? I don't know what that was. I didn't know if that was, like, a gauge for radiation level or some other, like... They were red, spinning it in thing. order to open it. It's very strange. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, um, I didn't know what... I don't know what was this going on This place is also strange, too, because when the guy calls the government on his red phone, it seemed just a little bit too big. Like, it was like a slightly oversized <laughs> red phone that almost looked ridiculous. I was like, give me the president. And you know right. it's the right. cord is actually not plugged into the wall. Like, they just gave him that novelty phone to make him feel good. If, if, yeah, maybe like a shot from a, like a Zucker's Abrams movie where it's just right. a pl- police squad going on. Um, what else we got here? We got the unexplosion where they talk about yes. the unexplosion. Uh, but what I thought was interesting is when the doctor or Tom Baker's explaining what it is, he does this thing. And I don't know if you picked up with his hands where he talks about how the explosion went inward. Yeah. But he does the opposite with his hands. So when he's talking about inward, he's like, taking his hands out. Like it's just, oh. this, it's this weird thing. I don't know if he's just mixing it up or just trying to be weird to be strange Dude, he's trans-dimensional it's like the, yeah it's it's it was the opposite of what you would expect they they called in the royal air force to bomb the nuclear facility Didn't yeah that yeah seem but, a little yeah, right that before that crazy. the guy yeah the guy one of the guys picks up the ring and he goes into the room and it should have exploded yeah but it didn't um and the guy said he was vaporized whatever and then he grabs the ridiculous red phone yes. and tell and says and i'm I think I got this right. He says they're going to have a chance to use their, quote, standoff missiles. I don't know. They have their own missiles. But they're just sure. firing nuclear weapons into a nuclear power plant. Yeah, what could possibly That's going to be safe. They, they say we're like, we're, we're like, it's like two miles away is a quick check. So we're pretty much clear. There's no nothing okay, around here. They, five people got into a truck and drove about a block away. And then right, put their fingers be, fingers in their ears and covered their nose, and that should be well, fine. Well, they did give you That's that nice okay. thing because you could, you know, you could ruin your hearing this way. Yeah, puncture you your eardrums unless you open your mouth and pinch your nose. It, yeah, but then and the it, doctors just knew that that wasn't actually going to happen. That the missiles weren't going to. Uh, yeah, so he yeah land. he's aware, so he's like not really covering himself. And again, I guess the missiles are fired and the explosion is absorbed by yeah. the hand, right? Who at this point uses all of that energy to become her true you know human form she takes human form so the doctor um, one other thing that i want to point out about the elizabeth sladen is she, oh. she continues to do the best uh voice inflections like when she says words like i i pointed this out on um was it the uh brain of morbius or whatever where she's mm-hmm. like doctor! doctor she continues to just take a line and just read it in a way that you don't think the word should be pronounced in that she manner, definitely does she, that when she's when they when they're under the influence, when anyone's under the influence of Eldrad, they mm-hmm. do this thing where you hear their thoughts. Eldrad must live. And they're yes. saying, Eldrad must live. Yeah. Eldrad, and she does that. She has this one point where, Eldrad must live. Eldrad must live. Or something yes, like that. Yes. And then she says it out loud <laughs> the exact same way. It's like really strange she reading. She is adorable. Yeah. No, she's the best. I love it. Um, but what were, what were you going to say? Um, so this comes up. This is... Uh, something that recurs now in the current seasons um, that the doctor says these modern weapons aren't going to work, so we should mm-hmm. use some uh, more ancient weapons. And he's talking about 
conversation and di- diplomacy. Right, diplomacy or something. Yeah. So, and and that's a theme that comes up now is the the doctor's weapons are his words. Um, that specifically comes up. Uh, well, comes up later. I don't know if you've actually seen that. Anyway, yeah. but th- that you know they've they've made reference to that before that the doctor basically uses words as weapons. So that was kind of cool. That goes all the way back here, if not before that as well. Right. That, so they go, they're going to go talk to Eldrad, and Sarah yeah, so, says, so, how right, are we so going to communicate with him? Hand signals? Which was kind of cute. Yeah. Um, and then you see Eldrad for, for the first time, and she almost looks like she's covered in backsplash tile that you would get at, like, Home Depot. Like it's those little uh, uh, rectangles uh, that you, you would buy in a big sheet, and they just wrap yep. her around in it. Kind very cool, a, uh, very mystique. cool makeup kind of, and everything, though. Kind of like Mystique and X-Men, but more yeah. rhinestones. Yeah, um, like a 70s. So it's just she, something you want to put a, a lamp on. She's a gorgeous, gorgeous drag queen is what she looks like. Yes. She is ready for the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I will be rooting for her the whole time. <laughs> she's a little bitchy, but that's what you want in a queen. Um, no, so she looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah, she's very striking. Uh, I was going to say chiseled out of rock, and literally that's what you that's get. That's what she's uh, supposed to be, yeah. yeah. But she's got this really deep voice, but yes. uh, very sexy curves. Um, so, and she also has lie detector eyes. Ish, yes, yes. She's got that lie detector was like, eyes. That's right, a neat, that was a, a neat thing a to cool, have. And th- she's very powerful too. Like, did yeah. they did they ever explain what race they are? Like, are, are are did they ever make a reappearance in future episodes of Who? Because it's almost like she's almost like a god where she can literally just get go into your mind or shut you down. Like she, she yeah. really had no. You know, the doctor wasn't really going to stop her. No, I mean, the only reason that he survives is because she needs something from him. She needs, you know, the TARDIS. Yeah. No, she's a Castrian, and I don't know if they ever make any other um, appearance. I mean, they do leave it kind of of, uh, nebulous at the end when uh, Eldra is is killed. Well, presumably killed, thrown into an abyss, and that, well... Yeah, so it's left a little nebulous, but I don't remember ever seeing Castrians before. Though the cast, she herself was aware of Time Lords. She kind of knew uh, the lore about them and kind of these general rules about how Time Lords are supposed to behave, mm-hmm. which the Doctor sort of acknowledged in in a, in a way of being like, yeah, that's what most of them do, but you know, right. not really what he does. Um, so the Doctor agrees to take Eldred back to Castria, but in the present, rather than going back 150 million years... Uh, as she had wanted, so she's not trusting them as, you know, full of this trickery and whatever, but finally agrees to go with them. So they – explain this to me. So they, they go into the TARDIS, and they go into the the, the old um, control room, mm-hmm. which I guess they're using this season, and the doctor yeah, that's, says – just to stop there, like, I feel like last time we talked, I thought that I had read that they were getting rid of that room, and they were using the secondary room, but yeah, they went right back to the wooden – Right, they stayed um, in, the, in the secondary, yeah, control yeah. room. We did miss, like, in between the last episode we did in this one, Seeds of Doom, I think, was an episode, and maybe there was another one before this that okay. we, we missed out on. But, yeah, go on. Well, I just was wondering, so they're they're in the room, in the in the secondary control room, mm-hmm. and Eldred is going, is kind of threatening the Doctor, and he says something to the fact they can't hurt each other because of something-something dimensions. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I didn't don't write what down that was a, the quote, but yeah, it was like they exist there on some other plane where they so, would be equal, and, and she couldn't. So they don't really exist. Something like they don't really exist, but they kind of. They don't yeah. exist in the sense 
of reality or whatever it's it again i don't know I it mean, was super weird and something that you would think that might be important in other episodes so like but i'm trying to so, think like i don't think the doctor has ever been threatened inside the tardis by anyone sure right Sure, he has yeah. i mean especially in current seasons i mean the um the episode throw a bunch out at me well i mean i'm specifically think thinking of, of the one um the doctor's wife where mm-hmm. the TARDIS, kind of, they, they land on the planet uh, home or house, right. house. house, and the house takes like over the TARDIS, so he's under threat within the TARDIS from the TARDIS itself. Maybe that doesn't quite count. Then there's the one with the the Dream Doctor, but that ends up actually not being a real, again, that yeah. was kind it of is, in his head. I don't know if there's anything that, that ever set here. And, happens. And, and again, I was like, okay. All right, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> I have no problem. I mean, sure, make make up mythology as you go because that's that's fine. It's an evolving show, but um, it, the fact that that seemingly really consequential thing never comes up again, it's just it's interesting. Right. Whatever, I'm fine with it. So anyway, so okay. then we get to yeah the uh, the he takes her back to or he takes her to Castria. her planet yeah. in present day, and she had been the savior of that planet, right? So it it has a according to her, yes. Yeah, a similar She's... thing to like a um, Davros or something. You know, she was this yeah being of power that saved the people and went too far. And then they have she the little twist, said... which was cool, where she's the one that messed the planet up. Right, she was so angry. She had said that she had them. saved the planet from attack from these this other alien race, and yeah. was able she had to built these things to protect the the radiation. Yeah, to, to... but it actually turns out, and the Doctor kind of surmises this that it would be very improbable that there'd be two silicon-based life forms so close to each other it's so rare he kind of pieces it together in advance but it turns out that she was kind of this uh control freak who actually wanted to go on galactic domination and this other guy uh did not and he's the one that actually wanted he's the one that actually sentences her to death right Um, and you get a nice little sort of misdirection that happens where you think that the guy his name was is alive, but it's actually just a recording, and they're all dead. Like you know, because they have long since been dead. Yeah, his name was uh, Rockon. Are uh, you kidding? Is that really what his name was? Well, yes. <laughs> I don't it's know record, how it's actually spelled, but it really, Hart, uh, it really was yeah. Rockon. <laughs> so they get they get uh, Castria's taking them into the into the control area of, and she thinks you know I can get I can get the civilization back set up again. Let's go down into these these heat chambers where. The, the rest of her, her race would be still survive after all this time. Um, the place is booby-trapped. She gets shot in the chest with some acid. Yes. Hello. The whole kind of thing feels like right. that. Um, so they have to take her to a regenerator. Acid that she created, too. Yes. That is going to break apart her structure. So right. they have to get her to this regeneration room. And that's where she undergoes gender swap. Yep. And, and then she becomes her true form, which is this sort of... Big, hulky guy. Big, Looks this, hulky. like, obviously, same sort of rocky... Now, to stop on him, I thought I read that he appeared in a previous episode. Is he Omega? Oh, no, no. Three Doctors? Or he was in some other episode, right? So this whole – okay. Well, you might be referring to – The actor. I'm talking about the actor. Oh, oh, that's interesting because – Yeah, not the character but the actor. Oh, there's there's two things then. Maybe. I don't know if the actor was. But the whole thing with uh, Omega was that this – that was actually supposed to be the name of the race in the original draft of the show. Um, okay. But it was changed because there already had been an, an Omega, and it was actually already written by the same guys. They were reusing the name. So that was actually going to be the name of the race was Omega, but it ended up not being. 
Okay. But maybe, and then cross coincidentally, yes. the same, while, same actor again. While we're again. talking, I'm looking. Stephen Thorne there you uh, go. says his television credits include Z Cards, Crossroads, and Doctor Who. In Doctor Who, he has played three major villains uh, Omega, Azel, and Aldred. There you go. So Wait. there you have it. Well, All right. So, uh, yeah, Big Bad doing the same thing again. So, um, yeah, so like you said, it ended up all the – what actually happened was the yeah. rest of the race decided to kill themselves. Yes, and it would it, – it, And commit genocide and co- destroy their entire race bank, I guess, which right. was their, their way yeah. of storing people in cold storage for later. So they decided to wipe themselves out entirely rather than live underground with the possibility that Eldred could come back. Could come back, right, which is sort of super dark. I mean, yeah. it's like a suicide cult. Yeah. Uh, but then also they, he calls him king of nothing, yeah. which, I, which was a very cool line. And then I wish they sort of just left him there to die or whatever, or to be, to rule his kingdom of nothing. And they ended up tripping him with, with a scarf. With the scarf. Like, that part was just, it just felt like Okay, we got to end this. We just got to end it. We have yeah. this abyss from uh, three scenes ago, so we're going to use that. And, and it's not bad enough that they tripped him with a scarf, but it also was just performed poorly they right. clearly did not trip it was it was just silly and that then for some reason the way they get rid of a lot of people is tripping them or throwing them off cliffs or just like... well that in that way the doctor doesn't actually kill mm. eldred just kind of like i right. we presume he's dead but then throws the ring in after him so just in case he wants to come back here's a ring no right Weird. that's it, so it was very strange didn't like that so much but it was fine but anyway so that's the end of the the main story they then you get her ending yeah, so now we have Sarah's under. They're back in the TARDIS, in the secondary control room. Doctor says something. He, he can't get the TARDIS started. Maybe something about the cold is causing the thermocouplers to be all wonky. So he's going underneath the control panel to try to fix it. And Sarah's talking to him the whole time, and he's not really paying attention at all. And he's just focused on what he's doing. He just keeps asking her for different tools that he needs. And Sarah remarks on that. Right, um, and she wants to go home, and she she's says, sort of fed up, and she asked... Yeah, I'm sick of being cold and chased. I want to take a shower, you know. So she threatens, I'm going to go pack my goodies and I'm going home. Yeah. And the doctor's not paying attention at all. Which she does, and she packs everything and has it ready. And then that's, to me, that's what made it the most heartbreaking was because she asked to go home. And then when he sort of says, I need you to go home, she's like, "I, I don't, I was just kidding or whatever. And, like, the fact that she... Like that extra level of horrible guilt that you'll feel because she thinks that she caused this, even though he wasn't listening. Yeah. And he was going to send her home anyway. It was just yeah. like an extra sort of dagger in her heart. In yeah, that kind, of, kind of ends with a, a miscommunication in a way. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, It was such an anticlimactic ending to such an, an important character. So, you know, so well played. So I think uh, kind of a template for a lot of, um, companions that come after her. It just it it just seemed like you know. All right, she's gone now. She's going to pack yeah. up her stuff and like, better than her dying. But still, no, and not... I see. I kind of I would differ from you, and I kind of liked it a lot um, because he's not listening, and that sort of speaks to his character in yeah. ways. And the, they had that extra level where she wants to go home, and then she realizes that he really is taking her home, and how sad they are. And they don't hug or anything, and they just sort of look at each other, and they exchange those lines, which were great, and I didn't write down, and I probably should have. Mm-hmm. And then he drops her off in the wrong place. Yeah, of course. Um, which was kind of funny, but it's very sort of bittersweet. I mean, again, I wish 
I, I would be happy with her forever. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, sad. I, it's not it that I didn't like rushed. it. It feels, yeah. yeah, it felt very rushed. It felt, it's just felt out of character. But the fact that the two of them had so much input in how the scene was written makes me respect it more and able to yeah. kind of swallow it better. I, it's not as though it was kind of completely out of character. It was very much in character in the way that they understand those two mm-hmm. and their relationship. So, I mean, it was kind of strange, though, as Sarah goes out to get her, pack up her stuff and, and you know, pretend to leave. Um, and the doctor gets a, a mental call from Gallifrey and realizes he can't take Sarah with him. Yeah, and that, they play this up about. as a yeah. They play this up as a call he's been waiting to get, or like a, a specific thing that once it happens, you have to go. And these are the rules. Yeah. Were they? Have we ever learned of those rules, or that a call I've would never, come? Or never seen that before. A lot of fans were apparently under the presumption, uh, based on this, that companions can't go to Gallifrey, but. The doctor doesn't actually say that. He just says he can't take Sarah with him. So maybe it was yeah. something specific about why he was going that he couldn't yeah, bring I, her. I don't remember the exact wording. I walked – or I when I was done with the show, I thought it was that, that he just no, – no non-Time Lords can go to Gallifrey. But that's not that's actually – all he says is, is I can't take Sarah with me. I think he would have said that about anyone. Right. I think I think it had more to do with why he's going, whatever that mysterious reason is, yeah. rather than not actually being able to take a non-Time Lord we'll, there. We will find out next time because that's yeah. our next episode is the one that follows this. I mean it was also very nice that he says, till we meet again, Sarah. And they kind of look at each other and both nod and like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just so sad. I just found it so sad when she's just on the street and the – that was her. I'm already an emotional wreck most of the time, anyway. So like yeah. just seeing the TARDIS go away and just the fact that she asked to go, but it also doesn't make a lot of sense. Like she was taking that joke pretty far. She packed all her stuff up. Like she what? what? Yeah. <laughs> like it just seemed like you know she went real far with that. I mean, maybe she was just looking for a vacation or something, but it's very strange. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would just think that she thought I want to go home and be there for a bit, and then we can go again. Like yeah, just, just t- take a take a stop off. But yeah. Anyway, so so that's how and that there's ended. No reason really why he can't just pick her back up when he's done with the uh, next yep. episode. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So all in all, I uh, I like the show again. I, the ending, I, th- I think, could have could have been a little bit better. Yeah, the last ten minutes of of the main story not so great. Yeah. But you have this stinger at the end and everything up before it that was so, so good. So good. All right. So. All right. So anything else you have on this? Uh, no. What? So what was the next one we have coming up for our faithful listeners? The next episode, I don't remember the date. It's going to be three weeks from the 19th. So what is that, Dan? Uh, uh, people can't do math. That's impossible. Uh, but in either case, the episode is The Deadly Assassin. And that is available Ooh. on Hulu+. Plus. Ooh. As well as iTunes, I don't. It's not available, as far as I know, on Netflix. By the way, I made the jump with Hulu because we watched so much of this on Hulu. Um, most of it's yeah. still there. Uh, I went commercial free. Now you never go back. It is so much better. Yeah, I, know, I mean, a- I watch a lot of Hulu anyway, just old shows and whatnot. But uh, especially for this, it's it's so much better to not have the commercials because they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. And they end up putting them in really awkward places. So right. it's just nice to watch it without that. I, I I agree. We should be sponsored by Hulu. I will get on that. So get on that Hulu. Um, all right. So that is the conclusion of yep. the Hand of Fear. 
Uh, please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. You can send them to the old com, or you can send them to iTunes and they can search for the old com. And we're also available, I guess, on Google's podcast, Google Play, whatever. Stitcher. And Stitcher. Mm-hmm. America's, America's sweetheart. Yep. Uh, I am on Twitter at egrissom and on Tumblr at ericgrissom.com for your for you fans. You can tweet at me at uh, DanJNJ on Twitter. Uh, if you have a question, uh, please send us a question to uh, the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. I believe that was right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and if you do like the show, please uh, give us a little uh, review on iTunes. That helps us out yes. a lot. We should. Uh, we I didn't check. I don't think we got any reviews. We need Since, more reviews. Uh, oh, we did. We did get a review. All oh. right, this is good. Look at this. Read uh, it we out. We got five stars from Amy Notes. Aww. These guys are funny. Thank you. I've binge listened almost all of their episodes. Almost. I am so sorry. <laughs> Which ones <laughs> did you not do, Amy Notes? Well, that's very nice, Amy Notes. I would uh, encourage others to uh, to also give us a review. That be like, be like Amy Notes and watch. Uh, listen to all of them back to back. I can't guarantee your health or sanity afterwards, but no. uh, I, I thank you guys for listening. All yes, right. All right. Well, until next time, uh, my name is Eric, and you are <laughs> – I'm not – you think by – we've been doing this for a year. You think yeah. I would have gotten a little bit more comfortable with my – No, you're, no. you're pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah, really, I'm not really very bad. good at this. I, in my defense, I have a cold, uh, so I'm, I'm a little off game today. In, but, in my uh, defense, I don't I'm prepare – on anything yeah. ever you don't prepare so. dan's away on vacation i'm here slaving <laughs> away at the uh whatever this is i'm doing handcrafting a podcast for handcrafting, your listening <laughs> handcrafting uh candles yeah the wind for the wind <laughs> put in the wind <laughs> i don't even know man it's it's just who I am. Uh, yeah all right well our apologies let's please end this talk to you next time <laughs> bye i love you i love you all <laughs> Sometimes it gets on